Welcome to another episode of the Shift Podcast. This is not just a podcast. It is a powerhouse of taking ownership of your performance, growth, and leadership education. It's an opportunity to shift yourself in the direction of your potential and impact those around you. This podcast is your gateway to a world of behavior change-based insights, psychology research, and knowledge from guest speakers gathering years of experience in the corporate world as well as entrepreneurship. With years of coaching and mentoring professionals, my mission is simple, to make every moment you spend with me and my guests actionable and empowering. In this episode, I talk with Alka Brimley, and we really discuss the ups and downs of challenge and challenges that she has experienced in her life and how she had to recreate and, and kind of reframe her mindset with everything that come in her way, whether it was cultural differences between who she was, where she was growing up and expectations from society, whether it was the, the physical and verbal and emotional abuse that she suffered through her relationships or just managing grief as, as uh, tragedy struck her family, not once, but twice. I think it's inspiring to hear her story and I hope you'll find it the same. Let me know what you think. Alka, welcome to the Shift Podcast. Elena, thank you for having me. I'm excited to chat with you. Um, Shift Podcast is all about shifts and you've had quite a number of those in your life. And so I'm really excited to get into it and just hear your story. I've heard it personally offline when you and I were chatting before, and I'm really excited to for you to be able to share this on this platform. So Take us back to, first of all, just give me a little snapshot of your career story and then your life. Right from the beginning, I before my career story, I guess I was born in Kenya. I was five months old when my parents left Mombasa and came to England uh, with my two older sisters. It was a complete change, of course, for them. Initially, I was too young to understand, but as my life developed in England, I started facing a number of challenges. My background is I'm Indian, coming from an African country to England during a time where there was a lot of racism, a lot of rife, I guess. And being an Indian family, my parents worked really hard. They had to go through some challenges. And I guess as we move into talking about my career, a lot of those challenges started resonating in me and I started struggling. I am the youngest of two older sisters. I now have a younger sister as well, but at the time I was the youngest and I kind of felt a little bit lost. I didn't have many friends because I'd come from this different background and home culturally, we were different. We, My parents wanted us to have more of an Indian upbringing. I wanted to go out with my English friends and that really kind of developed more as I grew older and as I went into my career. So I struggled a lot when I got mm. into that teenage age of what am I going to do? Who am I going to be? Who am I? I didn't really know who I was at the time. Mm. And that took a long, long time. And even now, Elena, I know you and I have talked about your background and how you were an immigrant, how we really struggled with who we were at the time. And when it comes to careers, that was difficult, really difficult. Mm. Yeah. It's, it's, I mean, it's tough being a kid in general and a teenager let alone feeling like you don't belong because that's what we want the most especially right at that age like we just want to be with a cool crowd or we want to be with just any crowd in fact right like and you know if it's cool if they're a cool crowd even better but that's kind of like I feel like it's standard across board for most teenagers and I can only imagine how difficult it is when you're not able to fit in so how did that play out in terms of like did you like uh, act out or how did how did that mm -hmm. work for you oh I did I used to sneak out the house of my oldest <laughs> sister I was like 13 and she was 17, 18. So she wanted to go out and 
I was the way that I thought, oh, if she can get out, I can get out. I just have to be her accomplice. And so that's what I used to do. And I used to do that a lot. Maybe I was a bit of a rebel child. And as I said to you before, I didn't think it was a bad thing now because I think being a rebel creates your personality the older Mm -hmm. we are. Of course, we understand now that some of those things weren't the right thing to do. But I also understand why I did things like that. I, it was so hard, Elena. When I was 11, 12, 13, getting into that teenage, if I wanted to go to the disco, my granddad had to chaperone me. I mean, how embarrassing is that? You just, it's the only way I could do things mm. was to rebel. So I did act out a lot. And I feel kind of proud saying that now. <laughs> um, you know what I'm curious about? Because people have asked me this before, and it's like, what what would have helped you at that age? That's what I'm curious. Like, what would have helped you at that age um, to maybe make different decisions or maybe not be a rebel, right? So, like, to not act out. What, what do you think would have helped, if anything? I think a number of things. It's a really good question. No one's actually asked me that, so I do have to think about it. But I did have role models at the time. I just didn't realize that they were role models. Mm. I didn't realize that my oldest sisters were there to guide me in a way. I just thought of them as my annoying sisters and they were great academically and I wasn't. They were, of course, living their lives. And my parents as well, I didn't see them as role models. I just thought them as being my strict, annoying parents. When my sister said to me some months ago, she said, they were only trying to do what they wanted to do best or what they knew to do best, which is mm-hmm. to raise their children in the way they've been brought up. But I think that if I'd understood the power of having good role models, and I only learned about values at a very late stage in my life, I didn't know what I valued it in life at that age. All I knew was I was different. I didn't want to be that different. I wanted to blend in. And that's, I had a tunnel vision. So I think that if I had some good, solid understanding of some of the things that we have now that we didn't have then, I never really used to read a lot because again, when you're a rebel, you just have focused in things that you're not supposed to do. Mm -hmm. And I think a lot of that was because we were just guided in so many different ways. Religion played a big part in my life at home. And now I am spiritual. I respect other people having a religion, but I don't. So I wish that in some ways I understood more at a younger age, the importance of the different choices we could make in life. Mm. Really have that. And I can't blame my parents. As I I said, they'd moved to a new country. They were just trying to do their best to raise three girls at the time mm. and my I had a brother who passed away so they experienced a lot of grief and then I have a younger sister now so they had a lot of grief and turmoil in their lives and the last thing they wanted was a teenage daughter who was playing up and mm. I never really understood what they were going through so that would have helped having yeah. more guidance maybe mm. yeah mm-hmm. and it's interesting that you said you like there were people around you like that could that were kind of acting as mentors but you almost didn't recognize and that's how I feel like when somebody asked me a question I was like I don't know you know, I've said all these things, but then it's like, I don't know if that would have helped. I don't know if I would have, if I would have still be blinded by the rebellious nature in me at that time and whatever, 
you know, 13 year old emotions that I was, I was going through. So it's, um, so I, I relate very much. It's like, there's so many different factors, but I, I mean, it's a good point. You said like the fact that we can make different choices and, um, yeah, I can see how that, that's, that, that, that would have been helpful, but also how difficult it is once you're in that mindset of like, I'm just going to do all the bad choices. Cause that's how I feel, you know, like that's how I was. I'm just going to make all the bad choices. Right. So it's, um, yeah, but it led you to where you are today. And that's, that's the beautiful, you know, it's all part of the journey, right? It's all part of the journey and talking about careers, I, like you and you you and I have spoken about it, this, have been more into the vocational journey. Mm-hmm. I loved doing my hotel and catering management degree. My parents thought, oh my God, what are you doing? You should follow the journey of my father was an accountant. My uncle was a doctor. Following those pathways of how about going to do law? And I'm like, I don't want to do any of that. I want to do something totally different. I want to rebel. I want to go into hotel and catering. And so I did that not knowing how much I was going to need it as I got older and how my path was really meant to go down this road, which is the coaching, the training, the development, the podcasting route, Mm -hmm. sharing, communicating, providing the help and support that maybe I didn't get. As you said, Mm -hmm. what would I have needed? I would have loved to have had somebody like you or even me to listen to, to give, to go, okay, there's something different in the world. Mm. I I don't have to go down that, that path. I can go down this path and try it and learn and grow. And if it doesn't work, I've learned something and I can try another path. I think that knowing now what I did then, somehow or another, it was meant to be for me to get all these other skills that I may have not gone if I'd gone down a traditional pathway mm. of some of those those jobs that are stream mainline jobs, I guess we could call them. Yeah. 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 That's yeah. interesting. Yeah. And it's um, you know, it's um it's it's tough, you know, because I, I I mean, again, like I know I talk to people all the time about their stories and and it's um it's interesting how things works out, you know. And I like it that you said you're you're kind of more spiritual than you are religious, because I think at some point, you know, it's like with the expression, like you want to make God laugh, make a plan, you know, at some point you just have to trust that things are, you know, obviously if you're, you know, doing the best that you can, but at some point things kind of fall, fall, fall together in, in all the right places. Um, but I'm curious, was there like a pivotal moment for you when you are like, ah, oh, like, I don't think I want to make these choices anymore. I want to change the choices that I'm making. Yes, there was during the age of, I would say, 2021 right up until I was about 36 I went through some very volatile relationships relationships by by that I mean boyfriends I married the wrong person my previous boyfriends were one of them was particularly abusive physically so I went through the physical the verbal the mental the emotional abuse and that was a long period I never learned from the first time. I always seem to have this pattern of picking these men in my life who maybe made me feel less confident. And I got into this rut. I didn't know how to get out of it. And a part of me, I think, felt like I needed to be punished because I was the rebel. I did leave home where maybe I shouldn't have done. And the the pivotal moment, the changing point was when my father died. And 
I just turned 26, literally days, and my father passed away. And I remember now going through those weeks after he'd passed, we, we mourned in my culture for a long time. And I was at home and I was sat there thinking, what am I doing? What am I doing in my life? My father would really not have been happy with me. And we, we didn't have a great relationship when he passed away. I wasn't very communicative, which is why another reason why I think communication is so important to me now is because I didn't value it so much then. And that was a change. And I went back to where I was living and I left the, the partner I was with. It was a, a very dramatic exit as well. It was very aggressive and violent. And if I hadn't have left Elena, I don't know what, what would have happened to me. I don't know whether I would be here now to tell the tale. I don't know whether psychologically I would have been in a completely different place, but maybe it was some guidance from my dad who gave me the strength to leave. And mm. that was really, it was a changing point for me. In some ways I didn't get married and marry the wrong person, but that's, that's life. Yeah. Who knows? Sometimes you feel like you're going into the right environment and it's not for you. But you know what? I learned from it. And through that learning, I am here where I am now. Mm. And I think sometimes it takes some of those moments in life, those experiences, those challenges that make us stronger. And that's what I feel that it made me. I look back now, I don't have any regrets. People say, mm -hmm. do you regret mm -hmm. it? No, I don't, because if I regretted it, I may not have been here where I am now. And I'm so happy, so happy. I have mm. a wonderful husband, wonderful life. I live in America. I have great health care. I have a beautiful family. I have the support and love from people in my family who at the time were experiencing a lot of the stress because of me. But I'm so fortunate that they understood. And I think that's what life is things don't happen naturally they just don't happen perfectly is what I'm saying mm -hmm. you have to have some of these challenges because as the song says what doesn't kill you makes you stronger and it's so true, mm. it's so true. yeah and I mean I completely agree with you I mean it's um you know as you're talking I just think about how often do we how often do we blame ourselves for for certain things but it's like you know we all do the best that we can with the information we have at that time, you know, and, and with the way that we feel about ourselves and you're right, like there wasn't access to all this, you know, podcasts and listening to other people, you know, I mean, obviously there's also pros and cons to having all access to all these things. So there's also a lot of, you know, bad information out there, but yeah, I agree. It's a, you know, it's like you're, you're doing the best that you can and, and being a teenager and having grown up in a, in a, you know, in just a very, you know, uncertain age in general and uncertain the way you feel about yourself. And then that impacts your confidence so much. And what we typically tend to do, and especially in cultures like ours, right, you know, therapy or talking to somebody about your feelings or problems is taboo. So then you feel like you can't even talk about certain things. And then you're left with making your own decisions. And then it's like, you know, but then it's like, if you're making them out of a place of fear and insecurity, those are usually not good decisions, you know, but that's just what it is. And I think a lot of people feel that way and a lot of people made those decisions. And, and so I think what you're saying is very relevant to a lot of people. And, uh, and, and it's, it's, it, it, it sucks that we blame ourselves, you know, but it's, it's a blessing that at some point we, you know, make that decision, like, Hey, like, I don't have to do X, Y, and Z. And in your case, it was after your father's passing, 
you know, which is, which is a blessing on its own. And, um, and I'm sure that kind of, I'm sure that wasn't the end of that growth, right? I'm sure like, even after that, that, that was probably just the first step to that continuous evolution of who you are today. And Elena, just going back to some of the things you said there, I often think that we're programmed to blame ourselves. Mm. Traditionally, if we look at women in our lives, my mother was trained to take on the blame, take on the suffering, take on the household. And it was the cultural taboo of being a career woman, not not being traditional in any way. And I think we see that as a role model to us and we we follow it, we yeah. mimic it. And now we have all these opportunities and moving on to what you said about that was a stepping stone. Dad dying was a stepping stone to becoming stronger. And each day it's a step at a time, a step at a time, a step at a time. And each day I believe we should look at it as a new page in our lives where we take the strength and we move on and you see what else we can do to become stronger. And I very much enjoy the experience now of taking some of those memories. I don't see it as grief anymore. It's been time and grief never ends. It's just the way you experience it and the way you look at it. And I look at it as positives now. And I take some of the good things about my dad and and how he knocked on doors at the age of how old was he when he came here 25 maybe and he knocked on doors to get a job and I take that as tenacity and take that as maybe a quality that I could possess and I possess do possess and my mother taking on a factory job and having to take three buses to get to that factory because she had to work and I take that as her strength and what she had to do and try and take some of her experiences to bring some strength in me and say hey that's what they had to do to raise us what can I do to be a better person now in order to help my nieces nephews mm -hmm. I have a as I spoke to you before we recorded yeah my step grandson came this weekend and what can I do to be a better person for his future? So I think that some of the things that we experienced in the past, we oft often blame. And I did that a lot. I'm completely mm. guilty of that. But the older I am now, I realize that we shouldn't use it as blame. We should use it as, as tools, as skills that we've gained to be better people, to leave this, the people around us in this world better a better future. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, I, I, I tend to agree with that thinking. It's it's like, you know, when, when people say like, you know, do you regret something? It's like, well, I think everybody wished they could have done things differently, but to put such a strong word as like regret or et cetera, it just adds no value. Like, did you learn from it? Yes. Can you use something, uh, you know, can you move forward with this? Yes. And that's it. Like, that's that's what it's about. But regretting and holding on to things that are just not beneficial because it's done it's done like you mm -hmm. got to move forward whatever it is pick it up and just keep going and, and you're right and we the best way to lead the future generations is by example right and it's um and the fact that you've observed your parents working so hard it's it probably gave you that you know that strength as well because maybe if you didn't observe certain things you might not have been strong enough to even leave those situations the abusive situations you were in it mm -hmm. probably would have broken you right then and there so the fact that you survived those is a testament on its own because not many people do that's the reality because it takes a certain kind of strong individual to be able to 
get yourself out and just survive that process alone you know so it's uh um it's it's something to be said to that yeah thank you yeah mm. i appreciate that and there are people now elena that are experiencing things that i experienced 20 30 years ago and because i've moved on and i'm in a better place the best thing i could do is take my experience and share it so other people may be able to get out of the horrible situations they're in and some of the struggles and the challenges because as we know if we find out that we're not alone one of the things about abuse and trauma is that you always think that you're the only one you're the one who's going through this nobody else is going to understand there's nobody there to help you and so you become a recluse and you hide away because often you feel embarrassed of course I felt yeah. embarrassed when I told people that this was the way I was treated hey this strong independent woman was treated this way and mm -hmm. you feel so embarrassed but yeah. it happens to many people and we are only human mm -hmm. and we got into those situations and we got out and the best thing to do is try and help other people by sharing our experiences yeah no absolutely it's not easy to do anything alone and it's uh, especially when you're in that very vulnerable situations um it's uh it, it's hard it's 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 life is hard in general without a community without people that you can really trust and open up to and then the when when the person that's supposed to be the closest to you who's your partner you know your significant other and if they're betraying that trust and that safe place it makes it also very difficult i imagine to even trust anybody else outside of that and so you get caught up in this loop of like well you know the the evil we know is better the evil that we don't know right and that's mm -hmm. why i think people mm -hmm. get caught up in the familiar pain as they call it because it's like well i know this you know um i wonder if um i'm curious and you know because you said you you know it took you a couple of relationships um and i think that's also very relatable because we tend to stick with what we know and because until you do that self-work to say, I deserve better, it's almost mm -hmm. as if you don't feel like you deserve better. So how long, like, you know, what was that process like to, you know, what were you doing to, I guess, get that confidence up and and, and to tell yourself like, hey, like I, I actually, I deserve better than this. Like I, I deserve the love and respect and, you know, from a kind right. human being. First of all was leaving because when you're with somebody who suppresses you, they tell you that you're not worth it. Mm. They tell you that all you deserve is this. And look how lucky you are. You mm. have me. I've put the roof over your head. I am mm. your, no one else is going to love you. And the mm. biggest thing was getting away from that. And once I got away and I realized that I had a real strong community around me, I had the love of my family. I had friends who stayed away in fear because they were afraid. They were afraid to help me. But once I left, they were, of course, my support structure. And with that, it was like a stepping stone. My sisters were there. My mom was there. My friends were there. They started helping and supporting me physically and mentally mm -hmm. telling me I was worth more telling me mm -hmm. how great I was and look at all the skills I have and look at the qualities that I have and that helped me it was like you know when you're physically in pain and somebody comes and rubs the blood off your knee when you scraped it mm -hmm. and they put cream on and they put a plaster on and then they help you get up and help you walk or whatever 
it's that one step at a time and it builds that strength in you until you get to a stage where you go okay this Mm. is me this is the person who I want to be I like being I can be better and that's how it started to come together and come together Mm. and and every day you're learning as I said when we started this conversation and one of the things that I stand by I actually have put it on my website is we we always strive for perfection and I think that if we stop striving for perfection and we just take a step at a time a step at a time and have that continuous growth and learning every day is a win isn't it mm-hmm. yeah it's a good and way to think yeah yeah so start strive for continuous just you know c- continuous improvement strive for continuous mm. improvement rather than perfection that's what mm. I say yeah. I love that mm, go ahead and, and get yourself away from those negative people and it doesn't mean that I'm saying that because you may be in an abusive relationship but negativity can be seen in so many ways bullying it happens in the workplace I experienced that a lot during times of being in narcissistic relationships what you what you experience at home you take with you you know you carry it like baggage don't you and so somebody makes you feel uncomfortable in your personal environment, you go to work, you feel unconfident at home, you take it to work with you, the people surrounding you go, oh, well, she's a softie. Oh, yeah, I'll push her around. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. So we need to... Yeah. It's it's very interesting to, you know, this, this thing you mentioned, uh, super, super interesting that this energy really does something, right? Like the energy that you show up with and when you, it's almost like it's, and you can see, and you know what's even more, I'm curious to hear your thoughts because you're talking, I'm like, yeah, like I, you can see this. And when you've been there and you know what that feels and looks like, you can also recognize it in other people, right? Like you can recognize when somebody's like struggling with X, Y, and Z because mm-hmm. you know what that feels and looks like. Have you had experience like afterwards? Like, do you, you know? Absolutely. When I was working in, I, I, won't, I won't mention any names, but I was working in a place in Dubai and I felt it often where, I, I'll tell you an example actually prior to that, when I was working in England, I used to work for a male manager in a very male dominated environment. And I did my three months of, uh, what do you call it? A three month uh, test, you know. The, what is it what called? Um, I lost my, the. Uh, yeah. performance whatever the 39 yeah. days on the job thing right I should know and this wow anyway yeah. I wasn't <laughs> hey it's Monday afternoon Elena we'll yeah. let ourselves off so I did this my three months and he took me in the office and I knew it wasn't for me I wasn't enjoying it and he said to me he said you will never succeed you will never succeed you always just bumble around in this job and that job and I always put that in the back of my mind I go well, I'm just going to remember that every now and then when I feel like I'm not succeeding that this man told me that I was pretty much worthless and I wasn't going to succeed in life mm. and it happens people have egos and they feel defensive they feel like they're being threatened they mm. want better than you they don't want you to succeed more than anything we all want better but 
don't put the other person down don't trample over them we can all have a goal and help each other to gain that goal yeah and I really appreciate that now I mean look at us we're both podcasters we're both helping each other we're supporting each other and it feels great in if we constantly think of it as a competition we're going to be ruthless we're going to think of our egos and it really rubs off on us and the people we surround ourselves with and the people who want to be with us mm. and it's really really prominent in the work environment because work we go to work we go to work to earn money. If we can do better than him, we'll get more money than him. We'll do better than her. We can get her job. Mm. We'll be more powerful. Why do we have to see it that way? Why no. don't we just help each other and uplift each other and we'll be in such a better position? Mm. I had it a lot. I had it a lot in my in my previous previous engagements, previous work, and I went in and out of jobs. I moved a lot. I I lived in. England, spent a lot of time in Spain. I lived in Cyprus. I lived in Dubai. I live here. Lots of different personalities, mm -hmm. lots of diversity. I loved it. And it taught me to work and live with different personalities and to accept people. I had a wonderful time and I wouldn't change it for anything, Elena. I really mm. would learn so much about working with different people. Yeah. And I appreciate that. I really do. That thing is called probation period, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> as soon as you were in I was like, it's probation period. I didn't know this. Um, but, so glad it wasn't just me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was like, I couldn't remember. For the, I knew what you were saying, but I was like, what is that thing called? What is that 90 days probation, probation period? Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, you know what else is interesting is that typical people, like I always say this because it's like people that are that mean and just not just just mean to other people like there's many ways to tell somebody uh, uh, you know x y and z right however you feel like you're you know you know you know you can feel however you want to feel you can you know you everybody has their judgments god bless but there's when people are just plain mean and rude that just says so much about how they are what they think about themselves how they how happy their life is like i always say like you will never meet a happy content you know, self-aware, just, you know, happy person who's going to like, no, they're not going to talk crap to you. Like they're not, gonna, you know what I'm saying? Because it's just like, nor, you know what I'm saying? Happy, content people just don't do that. You know, like, mm -hmm. yes, you can be frustrated. You can be upset, but there's different ways to communicate. And when you're just mean, mm -hmm. that, like when people are just plain mean, it's just, it says so much about them. And what's the worst part is like, they don't realize. And you're like, you're just, showing me exactly how miserable you are in your life nobody needs to be that mean to somebody in general like you know what i mean or when shout or angry oh my god take a chill pill you know go see go, go you know what i mean go see a therapist <laughs> or something talk to somebody needed but yeah talk so to talk you, to me tell me what talk, you want to talk about something like i do that to people too like hey, have you had a bad day you want to talk about it you know so it's um yeah, but it's uh, it's just unnecessary. So it's uh but yeah, it's uh it's very interesting the the you know your experiences and I'm sure and it's interesting how how we're so different as people yet so similar as human beings around the world, right? It's so true. I mean, we've all came, we all come into this world the same. We all leave mm -hmm. the same way. We yeah. all are given birth to. We all die, but within this period of time that we have. 
it's really amazing, isn't it? How, whether it's our genetics, wherever we've lived, what we've done, it makes us into the people that we fundamentally are. Mm. But we're all the same. Yeah. We're all the same. Yeah. So so you were also inspired to start a podcast called Changing mm-hmm. Platforms. Talk to me about that. Yes. My niece, Krisha, and I started Changing Platforms just over two years ago. We've just had our second anniversary. We started it as a passion project. Krisha came out as gay. And I obviously, I just told you about my domestic violence experiences. And we felt that both of us had stories that we could share with others that may help them to make a change in their lives. And Krisha, of course, wanted to be openly gay. She lived in a country where at the time where it wasn't safe and to be open as a gay person. And as she was transitioning her life to come to England and be in a safer zone, she wanted to open up. She was turning 30, I just turned 50. So between us, we thought, great, an aunt and niece team, how fantastic is that? And people loved it. We started it, invited friends, people we thought we had great stories to share. They came on. We had a great season one to the extent that at one point we had over 8,000 listeners for one episode. And we were like, wow, Wow. this passion project is amazing. And we continued it. Krisha could not continue with me. She was in her early 30s. She's got so much going on that I took it over beginning of this year and I'm just coming to the end of season six coming up to next season my hundredth episode in over 55 countries we've had some amazing stories and it's all about inclusivity equality diversity making a change in your life and the lessons we learned from each other so one of the key questions I always ask is words of wisdom what have you learned in your journey to help others make a change in their life and it's been brilliant I've had authors actors singers family members famous people people who just have a great story to share Mm. and some of them are trauma some of them aren't trauma some of them are just wonderful wonderful experiences but the key is we all learn something and hopefully it will help us to make that change yeah love it I love every minute of it (laughs) yeah I bet I bet no it's a great platform and changing platforms it's it's amazing um and important stories you know like you said I mean it's just I I mean you and I we both love podcasting but I think stories are so powerful in there so they help me for sure I mean this podcast I always joke I'm like yes it's for my audience but secretly it's for me (laughs) you know I just love it for myself (laughs) it is I think it resonated more in me When I first came to the States, a couple of years later, I joined Toastmasters, a speaking organization, and I did a speech on my domestic violence story. And a woman came up to me, complete stranger, and she said, can I can I talk to you? And she took me to one side. She says, I needed to hear that I'm going through something similar and I'm so afraid. I think I've now got the courage because if you can do it, I can do it. And that brought goosebumps down me because I was like, oh, my God, I've I've hopefully helped somebody and I always say with the changing platforms podcast is if one person listens and it helps them to make a change in their life it's a win yeah it's not about the number of listeners it's not about I don't make any money from it it's about helping somebody to make a change Mm. it's the storytelling it really is yeah and where can people find you where do you where's the changing platforms where do you hang out with the most 
Changing Platforms is on Spotify. The reason why it's on Spotify is we love to use music. So we like to do it safely, make sure that those singers and writers get their license and paid for, et cetera. So everything is above board. Find me on Spotify. You can find my website, changingplatforms.com. You'll find me on Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, Twitter, threads, all the usual places. So changingplatforms.com is the website and you'll find all the information about me and my podcast and my coaching business on there as well. It's all on there. Nice. And the last question I always ask my guests is what is one question you wish people would ask themselves more often? One question I wish they would ask themselves is when I was young, let me tell you a story, Elena. When I was young, I always wanted to be like somebody else. Mm. I'm not talking about role models. I'm not talking about superheroes. I, see people and they say something or do something and I thought oh wow she's so cool I want to be like her and I'd start mimicking them I was young I'd start pretending to be like them but it wasn't me and I missed out on so much of me trying to be like somebody else and I think that was a lot of the reasons why I delayed myself in finding my own values finding Mm -hmm. out my own beliefs so I do hope that people take a step back and sit back and look inside themselves and find out who they are, who they want to be. I want to be a kind, caring, loving person. And that's the most important thing. So ask yourself the question, who are you? Are you a kind, caring, loving person? Can you make a change to help somebody? A guest on my podcast said very recently, Cheryl Rogers, she's brilliant. She's a global philanthropist. And she said, you can't help everybody, but you can help somebody. Mm. You can't help everyone, but you can help someone. And when we look at philanthropy and charity work and volunteering and donating, we always look at it as a bigger picture. Well, I know I do. I shouldn't say we do. I know I do. But we can always take one step at a time, help one person, donate to one charity, volunteer for one thing, and it begins to spiral and we help others. So let's do it with ourselves as well. Look inside ourselves. What's the one thing that we can improve, we can change, we can maybe do better or we do great and tell ourselves, hey, you did great at doing that. So ask yourself, who are you? If you don't like something, you can change it. If you do like it, celebrate yourself. That's what I help others do. Love it, it's beautiful. Well, thank you so much for being on the show and for sharing your stories with us. And until next time. Thank you, Elena. It's been a pleasure.